0: This is Speaking Volumes. I'm Josh Rollerson. The summer session is underway at Carnegie Mellon University, and this year, English professor Kathy Newman is teaching a course on six novels that changed America through cycles of adaptation and cultural reappropriation. She stopped by to offer a peek at the syllabus.
1: We're going to start with Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. It was published in 1859. Um, President Lincoln used to call her that little lady that started the Civil War. And it is the second best-selling book of all time after the Bible. We're then going to go on to Wizard of Oz, uh, which has been, as you know, adapted uh, dozens of times, uh, for film especially. We're going to read The Great Gatsby. I was inspired by the movie coming out. I've never taught it before. It's a nice short book. It's been adapted many times for stage and film. My fifth text is not a novel. It's actually the song Strange Fruit that was recorded by Billie Holiday in 1939. And some people call it one of the first civil rights protest songs because the strange fruit refers to the body of a lynched person uh, twisting in a tree. It was written by a Jewish American high school teacher he taught in the Bronx, and he was a member of the Communist Party, a very radical guy named Robert Maripol. So the book we're going to be reading, that book, is called Strange Fruit, the Biography of a Song. Next, we'll do Peyton Place by Grace Metalious, a real potboiler bestseller in 1956. Um, scandalous storylines, uh, incest, drunkenness, violence, set in what looks on the surface of it like a very sleepy small town. But it's one of those books that I think we sort of talk about or refer to, you know, sort of a symbol of degradation from the mid-century. And it's actually a really interesting, well-written book, so it's fun to return to the original text and kind of go beyond the stereotype of it. Um, And we're going to end with Alex Haley's Roots, The the book itself was a bestseller, but the television series was for many years the most watched television show sort of of all time. It had the largest television audience to date.
0: So were all of these selections chosen with the idea of adaptation specifically in mind, or is that just a happy accident?
1: Yes, they were chosen with adaptation in mind because in some ways part of my argument is why these texts were so influential is that cultural producers would keep going back to these texts and reinterpreting them and that they would get remade by, by playwrights, by screenwriters, by songwriters, um, and that we have so many different versions of them. I feel like we can make a case that these texts have almost become like fairy tales. They're, they're stories we tell to ourselves over and over again in different forms.
0: The other major theme I hear in that list is race.
1: Definitely. I I think race is sort of one of the big American questions, one of the big American problems. We have uh, an economic gap today that is still uh, quite racialized. We, we are back to having the biggest gap between rich and poor. Um, that we've had since The Wizard of Oz was published. So I think um, thinking about a text that was written as a children's story, but that also had kind of an economic subtext. People argue that the yellow brick road was about the gold standard and that it was sort of an economic fable about there was incredible sort of waves of recession in the 1880s and the 1890s. And many have argued that The Wizard of Oz was responding to that.
0: I wonder if The Wizard of Oz in that context is supposed to come off as some kind of a utopia, or I mean, is this just a satirical treatment? I
1: think that's a good question. Part of the problem with The Wizard of Oz is that even though the first book itself was influential, the movie has probably shaped our imagination about it more than anything else. and, and
0: it is arguably much more so a depression text, a text about that period.
1: Absolutely. And so I do think there was a way in which Emerald City looks like a kind of utopian thirties. Um, it's got a kind of modern gothic mm-hmm. architecture. I saw it on the big screen for the first time last year and it, it was transcendent, it, it was it was so colorful and there were so many different kinds of costumes and so many different kinds of hats. I mean, it must have been a utopian effort even just to make that film. Mm.
0: Well, Kathy, thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it.
0: Kathy Newman is Associate Professor of English at Carnegie Mellon University. Tell us what's on your summer reading list on Twitter at Booksburg or email speakingvolumes at wesa.fm. You can find the podcast on iTunes. Speaking Volumes on 90.5 WESA is supported by the Community College of Allegheny County. Thanks for listening.